0: this is performance delivered insider secrets for digital marketing success with stefan horst and dave antiel welcome to the performance delivered insider secrets for digital marketing success podcast where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand i'm your host stefan horst today we're going to talk about cold calling here to speak with me about the topic is wendy weiss who is president at Cold Calling Results, a sales training and coaching consultancy with expertise in new business development. Wendy, the queen of cold calling, is an author, speaker, sales trainer, and sales coach. She is recognized as one of the leading authorities on lead generation, cold calling, and new business development. She helps clients speed up their sales cycles, reach more prospects directly, and generate more sales revenue. Her clients include Avon Products, ADP, Sprint, and thousands of entrepreneurs throughout the country. Wendy, great to have you on the show.
1: Well, thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Yeah, and I'm really happy that we talk about cold calling. Before we go too deep into cold calling, how did you get started with focusing your career on cold calling?
1: Well, I got started completely by accident. I was never... Ever supposed to be a sales trainer. I was actually supposed to be a ballerina. And I grew up in uh, Pittsburgh. I moved to New York City where I still live and work. And I mo- moved here uh, when I was a teenager to dance. I studied at the Joffrey Ballet School. And um, eventually, like every artist in New York City, I needed a day job. And uh, I got tired of waiting on tables. So I got a job with a telemarketing agency that did business-to-business, business business development, and it turned out I was good at it, which was a complete surprise because uh, ballet dancers, we don't talk. We just dance, but we never talk. Um, And so I did that day job for a while, and uh, then I started my own business where I had clients that I would represent, and I did business development for them. Um, It was actually one of those first clients uh, that dubbed me the queen of cold calling because I found so many opportunities for him. And um, then from there, I went on uh, to develop the business that I have today, which is uh, working with uh, business owners, executives, entrepreneurs, uh, people that need to develop new business and uh i i feel like i'm doing something that's uh pretty darn important uh because it's uh it, it's still hard out there
0: yeah so wendy how has cold calling changed over the years when you know since when you started has it changed at all
1: oh my goodness um yes it's 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 changed changed a lot and um you know one of the things, I mean, people, people say a lot of really dumb things about this particular topic, and uh, one of the things that they say about this topic is that it's about uh, dialing the phone hundreds of times every day and uh, just go through, go through the no's and the hang-ups until somebody says yes to you, which, I mean, who in their right mind wants to do that? Um, and But that's the model that a lot of people used. You know, today, it's true that people don't answer their phones the way they used to. However, we have voicemail, we have email, we have texting, we have social media. So there's lots of ways to communicate with the other human beings that you want to communicate with. Uh, we also have... Sales intelligence. I mean, when I started 20 uh, some years ago, my clients would give me a book. They'd give me a directory to call out of. And there was no information beyond a company name and, uh, you know, an address and maybe a switchboard number. And I'd have to find the right person and get their contact, their phone number. Um, but of course, today we have all sorts of sales intelligence. Uh, to, to help us pinpoint exactly who we need to be reaching out to and what issues are important to them um, mm-hmm. at, at this moment in time. In, in addition, the we only used to, you know, we'd, we'd have an office line and that, that would be it, but mm-hmm. today, we, you know, we can uh, call them On an office line, there might be multiple locations, we can call them on a cell phone, as I said before, email, text, social media. Um, And lastly, there are all sorts of tools to speed up the process. Uh, And we use, there is software that we use, and we recommend to all of our clients, That is, it's an efficiency tool. Combine that with a dialer, Mm -hmm. which makes you even more efficient, you can use this this technology to leverage your production to really do more dials in a shorter amount of time. So yeah. it's uh, and you know one of the things people say all the time is that cold calling doesn't work anymore. That's not true. Cold calling works. It works very well. It just doesn't work the way it did 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. So I assume you know if you if you started back in the days when someone handed you kind of a a phone book, right? And it didn't tell you who the right person is you need to talk to. You must have been really good or had to come up with really clever ideas to overcome the protector of the person you wanted to talk to. Right. There was one number that led you to the switchboard and the switchboard might have sent you to the PA of the salesperson or of the person that you need to talk to. But getting through the gatekeeper is, is something that I think many people find quite difficult. Do you think that back in the days, uh, because you most of the time, most likely had to deal with gatekeepers, that you developed a really good approach to how to get through them and get to talk to the person that makes decisions? decision?
1: Absolutely. Um, although I want to comment on on something that you just said, because even 20 years ago, I would never have allowed a client of mine to give me the phone book. Um, they would they would uh have to be very very specific and targeted about the type of company, maybe the industry I mean this is something we we still teach uh with all of our clients before you even start. you have to really micro target and maybe that's something that we can talk about in in a moment mm-hmm. but um so the phone the phone book is out um, okay but um in terms of the gatekeepers. Uh, this is how I think about it. Um, Imagine for a moment that Indra Nooyi is calling your prospect. Now, Indra Nooyi, she used to be the CEO of PepsiCo, um, and now she's on the board of directors of Amazon. So she's calling the prospect, and the gatekeeper says, Indra Nooyi, what's this in reference to? I am willing to bet that the answer is not... Oh, um, well, I used to be the CEO of PepsiCo. You know, we make Pepsi- Pepsi-Cola. You know, that's a soft drink. And we also make Gatorade. Um, That's a sports drink. And Tropicana, um, that's orange juice. And also uh, Quaker Oats. that's oatmeal. And now I'm on the board of directors of Amazon. And we started out selling books. And now we sell everything. And Jeff Bezos, who's the world's richest man, maybe you've heard of us? <laughs> but I don't think that's the answer.
0: Yeah.
1: And the answer is actually some version of Please tell, please tell Stefan it's Wendy Weiss. It, it, it's, you know, please tell your prospect, whatever their name is, it's, that it's your name from your company said with a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. And there is a myth of, you know, because what most people do is they spill their guts. They, they do what I just did with pretending to be into a new There is this myth of the dragon lady gatekeeper that has been with the boss for 45 years, these women do not exist anymore. I mean, they're the boss. And you are much more likely to encounter a temp who knows nothing than you are to encounter somebody that's been with the boss for 45 years. So the, the answer is just a lot of confidence. Give them your name.
0: Mm-hmm. So that sounds very simple, right? And I mean, do people overcomplicate that part? Do people overthink to come up with, with, with smart lines?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, we when we teach this, there is a series of scripts mm-hmm. that we give our clients and we practice with them. Certainly, practicing is a really important piece of this because... If the gatekeeper says, what is this in reference to? And you go, uh, then you're kind of dead <laughs> in the water. So yeah. um, so we, get, we give them a series of scripts, but they're very simple scripts. And the way I think about it is that if you've done your homework, for, for anybody that's listening uh, that is uh, nervous about gatekeepers or if you have a sales team that's nervous about gatekeepers – If you've done your homework and you have Mm micro-targeted and you've got something, you believe in the value of whatever it is you have to offer, Mm -hmm. and I hope you do because if you don't, go find something else to do. And so you're reaching out to prospects that you believe with the information that you have might have a need of whatever it is you do. As far as I'm concerned, one, you're helping them do their their job um, just by letting them know that you and your, your service that, that you exist, um, you have every right to call them. Um, I feel that you'd actually, if you have something of value to offer and you're not letting people, the people that potentially could use it, if you're not letting them know about it, as far as I'm concerned, you're doing them a disservice. So there's no reason, there's no good reason not to pick up the phone and introduce yourself to likely prospects. So
0: cold calling is not that. So, I mean, kind of that's that's the bottom line. I mean, there needs to be or companies need to have a way to identify or once they identify a prospect, to get in touch with them. And as you rightly said earlier, you know, there are more channels these days that you can use, and they should probably all be combined, right? Whether, you know, you do cold calling with a micro-targeted list, and we'll talk about that in a second. Whether you use emails to to follow up, to share additional information, whether you leave targeted voicemails, um, connect with them, or reach out on LinkedIn, etc. Uh, when when I think here at Symphonic about uh, cold calling, for me, it's not just the, the calling part. It's it's an entire process that goes into identifying the right company that I want to talk to, and then how I'm how I'm basically engaging with them. Across several channels, but they all work together. They all have one common message. Is that about how you would think about it, how you would go about it, and 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 teach that uh, the people or companies that you work with?
1: Absolutely. Um, the The idea is once you've done the micro targeting, you know what is the challenge that they have that you can help them with, and and how do they talk about it? Not not how do you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so, what we're really talking about here is what what is your value proposition? Mm-hmm. Um, but what most people do when they create they they let they let their marketing people create their value proposition, which they put on their website, mm-hmm. and that's perfectly fine for the, for the website. But human beings don't actually talk like that. Well, I mean, we don't talk in complete sentences, you know, with a capital letter at the beginning and a period in the in the end and So when you're communicating in these different channels, it needs different type of communication. The phone is a different communication medium than something that's written. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one of the big mistakes I see a lot is people will take the value proposition that's on their website and they'll use that in a prospecting call. And it doesn't resonate. Because it's written language, it's not spoken language, mm-hmm. and so the the real key here is to talk like yourself and to use the language about the challenge that your prospects use. Mm-hmm. that's hard to do yeah but it's it's a real communication skill
0: and that probably also requires kind of a test and learn approach right we we all assume. That a certain issue is what our target audience have, right, and then that might not necessarily be the problem they have, or the way how we communicate it is, as you said, not resonating um, because we use the wrong words, for example, um, so people need to adjust their approach depending on the feedback they get yeah, absolutely, so uh, you know you already mentioned a few times a micro targeted list so. Let's, let's go there, right? So you need to do cold calling or a part of winning new business, whether you are an agency or a B2B-focused business. You know, it's one channel that that these kind of company should uh, use in order to win new business. But instead of kind of, you know, sending or calling everyone or then sending follow-up emails to everyone, how do people, or how should people go about to build their micro-target list? What, what, needs to go in there in order to already set yourself up for success?
1: Well, what you're looking for are parameters of what makes a really great lead for you in your market. And these need to be very concrete parameters. Um, Things like how large is the company, either in uh, employees or revenue, uh, as it's Particular industries or you know verticals mm-hmm. um, is uh, do they have to be in a specific geographic location and also what is the title of the person that has the authority to say yes to you That's, you, you need that information as well so it it needs to be very concrete often when we do our programs uh, we'll have people come to the programs and you know we'll go through this process with them and and I'll ask the question. Okay, you know, describe the parameters of an ideal prospect for you. And maybe they'll say something like, any business with five to 5,000 employees? And then I'll say, okay, well, would a prospect that has five employees have exactly the same challenges that a prospect that has 5,000 employees have? And usually they say no. Mm-hmm. So then I say, okay, you've got you've to narrow it. And if indeed five employees and 5,000 are both perfect fits for you, then you probably need several different types of messaging because they have different challenges. The The, the rule is what you say has to be relevant to the person you plan on saying it to. And so... We, you know, we take our clients through a process where they have to like really break it down and be very, very specific about who it is that they're reaching out to. You know, another example is, is verticals. You know, maybe you work with insurance companies and you also uh, work with printers and maybe you do exactly the same thing for both of them, but they think it's different. So you need messaging for insurance uh, agencies, and you need messaging for printers. So the
0: the risk obviously is if if a company goes out and creates one message across a wide spectrum of target companies, they will basically their success rate will go down because they are not as targeted. The response will will not be as as, as positive or as good as they hope. Which means there's a lot of time wasted, and therefore, you know, they won't get the ideal out of their business development effort.
1: That's exactly right. It's you know, it's it's like if you want to uh, learn how to play golf, and uh, you go and get a book on sports of the world, and it's got a chapter on golf, or maybe there's another book that is about tennis and golf. Or there's a book about golf. Which mm-hmm. book are you going to buy? Mm-hmm. You're going to buy the book about golf because you want to learn how to play golf. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of the same thing here, that it, it, when you really micro-target and then you can create messaging that's going to resonate with that particular target, that's when it works.
0: Is there, is there a too-targeted list? Or could there be a list that is too targeted? Does it have to have a certain size?
1: I'm not sure I understand your question.
0: So. so what I mean is, you know, we're talking about, about micro targeting targeted mm-hmm. lists. Could I create a list that is way too targeted? Because then, you know, the number of people on that list is too too small. And and creating an approach for a small list unless, you know, there is a huge revenue value behind that small list. What is too small and what is what is too big? Is okay. there something that does that make sense what I'm
1: Yeah. Okay, so what we tell our clients to do, first of all, we tell them to make a wish list. And the wish list is 20 to maybe 25 companies that they really, really want to do business with for whatever reason. That's, that's their wish list. Um, and then for the rest of the leads that they're reaching out to, um, to do it by industry or size of the company, pick pick a parameter. And so, you know, let's say if you were calling, let's say there were three different industries that you you work in, then you'd have three different sets of messaging for the three different industries. um, And those lists could be large, you know, they could be, you know, thousands of contacts. You're not going to get through that many uh, unless you have a huge team you know but they can be big it does it doesn't doesn't really matter and then but you've got your wish list which is 20 25 companies that you're specifically interested in doing business with and you're doing more individual outreach to to those companies
0: so now that we talked about target lists right how to how to fine-tune them why to fine-tune them we get to the next point it's like how should someone make a call what goes in now that you have your target list What is the next step for a business, a sales director that wants to develop a process, a program for his, her sales team in order to have successful calls?
1: Well, we teach a very uh, specific step-by-step process, and it it always starts with keeping the goal in mind, Mm -hmm. and so typically, when you get your prospect on the phone, your goal is to set up an appointment, and when I use the the word appointment, um, it can mean different things to different people. But what I mean is that the prospect agrees to have an in depth conversation with you, and so that conversation, uh, you know, maybe you're going to get in your car and go see them, or maybe you take them to a Zoom meeting, or uh, maybe uh, you do everything over the phone. But they're, they're agreeing to have that conversation. Um, so you get that prospect on the phone, we want their agreement to the appointment, meaning they'll, they'll, they'll have the in-depth conversation. When you're leaving voicemails and emails, the goal is to get them to respond. So when you start with that goal in mind, then it becomes uh, much easier to create the messaging. One of the things actually actually, that drives me crazy, uh, people often mix up. uh, Prospecting and selling are not the same thing. They're two completely different skill sets. And selling, consultative selling, does not work for prospecting. It's the difference between asking someone for a date and actually going on the date. So when we're prospecting, we're asking for the date, meaning we're asking for the appointment and then selling is going on the date you do actually have that in-depth conversation so um a lot of sales professionals shoot themselves in the foot because they don't understand the, the difference
0: that's that's a good point it's actually <laughs> that was the question I, I would have asked you it's like the, the first contact is not about this is what we do and this is how we can help you and here is how we do things better just because you kind of interrupting someone you don't have an appointment with that person right you're calling someone you're hoping that he spares a minute to listen to you briefly so that you can set up a call but it's not about taking more than one two minutes of that person's time because that person most likely is not in the right mindset to to do that
1: yeah you know it the language that we use is i'd like you know i'd like to introduce myself and whatever the company name is Mm -hmm. It's it's an introduction. It's not. I know you're working with somebody, but dump them. Hire me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're not you're not asking people to make a uh, buying decision or a hiring decision. You're basically only asking for some time so that you can have the in depth conversation.
0: <laughs> so so what should be part of that the, the brief conversation? to get that person to say yes to a meeting. Because, you know, let's be realistic, people that we want to talk to most likely get a lot of calls from similar companies, right? And they will not say yes to everyone. They will select a few, if at all, right? So what needs to be part of that calling script to have a successful call?
1: You know, when you do this right, and you say what you have to say. If you've done your targeting and you you have that great introduction, that that elevator speech, sometimes it's called, and you ask for mm-hmm. the appointment. When you do it right, people actually just go okay and open up their calendars. And we've seen it over and over again in our programs. People that people are like completely amazed at how much easier it becomes. Yeah. So. The key, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but the key is what's the challenge that, they, that your prospects have that you can help them with and how do they talk about it? You know, sometimes people uh, say, what keeps them up at night? You know, so what is that challenge that you can, can help them with? And then, you know, your, whatever industry you're in, whatever business mm-hmm. you're in, you probably have a jargon that you and your colleagues all use. Your prospects probably don't use the same jargon. They have their own jargon. And you can't use your jargon. You have to talk like you're talking to your neighbor that doesn't know anything about what you do. Mm -hmm. Very pedestrian language. And so we were talking earlier about the value proposition, that you don't use the one that's been created for your website. You put it into... Uh, more human language mm-hmm. and, and that value proposition is what is that challenge they have? How did they talk about it and, okay. um, and I can give you an example. Um, the client who was just in one of our programs she uh, she was a uh, marketing consultant mm-hmm. and she worked with nonprofit agencies and she helped them put on fundraising events and So I said to her, "Okay, what's what's so special about you? Well, you know, how do you help? How do you help your clients?" And she said, "Oh, we have a very special proprietary process." And I said, "Okay, so what? You know, how 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 are they better off after you go through this this process?" And and she said, "Well, first we meet with them." And I said, "Okay, so what?" And then she said, well, we ask a lot of questions. And I said, okay, so what? And then she said, well, we analyze the answers. And I said, okay, so what? And then she said, well, we make recommendations. And I said, okay, (laughs) so what? (laughs) And um, because the thing is, nobody cares what you do. And proprietary process and meeting with them and asking questions and analyzing the answers and making recommendations, that's all the stuff she does. Yeah. So I said, okay, so you do all this stuff. How are your clients, these nonprofit agencies, better off after they work with you? And she said, oh, their fundraising events make money. So I said, bingo. So we helped her create an elevator speech that went something like, we work with nonprofit agencies that are tired of losing their shirts on their fundraising events. Our events make money mm-hmm. and then she was able to go on and give an example of some of the events that they'd done and how much money was raised and it was actually very powerful for the small you know the smaller nonprofit agencies that she was targeting. They all right. wanted to talk to her
0: that makes that makes a lot of sense so it's, the focus needs to be on on the target, on, on you know, on the on the company, on, on the person you talk to, not on yourself, basically. And a lot of what you said, obviously, that probably is what many companies do. You know, they analyze information, they ask a lot of questions. There's nothing proprietary there, nothing that is different to any other company that does the same thing and then calls the same person. Um, so that makes that makes a lot of sense. Wendy, um, we're already at the end of our uh, first episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the Performance Level podcast today and and sharing your knowledge about cold calling. Next week, or next week's episode, actually, we will pick up right here at the same point. we'll, We'll talk about how do you overcome rejections why should you optimize your calling scripts and and what's the structure of a successful call how should you design voicemail messages etc again ben thank you so much for for coming on today and i look forward to talking to you next week thanks everyone for listening if you like the performance delivered podcast please subscribe to us and leave us a review on itunes or your favorite podcast application if you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at symphonichq. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience focused and data driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.